0: Got Got Your Ears On is brought to you you by by Tactical Legion 9. everybody hello and welcome to this week's episode of got your ears on guido here along with scoot yellow and johnson burn the tapes guido there's nothing good to see here this week yeah uh i don't even know where to begin wvu loses to oklahoma state 24 to 3 it is the worst offensive statistically the worst offensive game since the 1994 opener against Nebraska where I don't even think we carried 100 yards in that game. I mean, I can only think of one other game, Johnson, in my head that was as bad as this. That 91 Penn State game was really, really bad as well. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Yeah. But, it,
1: but, it's, but it's definitely in its own category, you would agree. There's like a select – it now enters its name in the list of select
0: horrible games we've watched – in the, in- I would say I would say in the last forty years, this is one of the top three worst games that West Virginia that I have seen of West Virginia. Forty years is about where I'm at where I can start to remember games, and this is this is top like this is definitely top three of of worst worst games. Neil Brown says post game, you know, he blames the matchup. He says, you know. Yeah, we can't, you know, we just, they're a better team. He pretty much said that no matter how good we play, we couldn't have won. Is kind of what it sounded like to me. You know, we're thin, we're injured, and I'm not making excuses. But this is year three, guys, and this was an embarrassing loss. West Virginia only crossed the 50-yard line twice in the game, Scooty. Twelve drives, seven of those twelve drives were three and outs.
2: It was just it was a trainer. I would venture to guess that this is probably one of the worst college football losses by a team that scored first. Think of it that way, too. That's a, I mean, we scored first. You know, we're 3-0. Three, three I'm thinking, okay, well, that's not not what we wanted, but we'll take the three points, and we'll see how it goes. And then uh, once the, the turnover situations happen there, we... Thought we were going to get into something with Dante's interception, and then we turned the ball back over. It was uh, kind of a
0: mess. It was very much a mess. And I guess here's here's where we, we got to start, guys. And I know that I feel like we're going back to being the you know the scratching, repeating record that we were you know a month and a half ago. This was Jarrett Daggy's 40th start as an NCAA Division One quarterback. And it was atrocious. I mean, he was seeing ghosts. I, I, our buddy Jake Lance from the Smoky Musket wrote on, on his article post-game about Daggy. He says he looks spooked by pressure every single time. Like, he lowers his eyes, he watches the pass rush, he doesn't look around, and then he gets sacked eight times in the game. I would say out of those eight times that, Scooty, six of them maybe? Six were, were on his him. Fault. Yeah, six
2: were on him. Six
0: of them were on him. He takes over as the he, – hey, he broke a record at least. I mean, give him that. He got a record for WVU. Most sacks ever in a game. He broke Skylar Howard and Will Greer were tied for seven in one game. He had eight in this game, Johnson. I don't even know
1: where do you go from this point. Yeah, and the funny thing is post game You were talking about Coach Brown's postgame comments. Um, you had also captured some postgame comments from Daigie, and one of the things I thought was interesting is that he said he needed to watch film and learn from it and grow from what happened. And I thought – You've seen this before you've had, you know what I mean? Like if you're interviewing Garrett green or goose or, you know, I don't know a first year quarterback and they run into this and and look, did Oklahoma state have a solid defense? Of course they, I mean, they were good. You could just see that after about the second or third series, you knew this was going to be a long day. You just did. I mean, there was no, there was no doubt about that, but the plays were there um, and I think it's just funny that, like you said, Guido, after 40 starts, that's the comment and that's the feeling. It's like,, mm, you know, you, you should have you should have been able to recognize this and execute on something that you should have expected coming, I feel like.
2: Well, and I, I know that I don't understand, I, I don't understand the coaching, I think, is what the, maybe I should say the head coach, right? So it seems as though he's given up the play calling duties right it sounds like parker seems to be making most of the offensive play calling right, decisions yeah. which is fine i think that's great however and
0: by the way i love the fact that uh that orlowski the whole game called him gerard, gerard. by the way Le- gerard, gerard. the frenchman was back Anyways, yes go on so if if you've given up the play
2: call duties right the game management should be part of you That should be kind of as the head coach. That's what you're making some of those. Now I get it. Position coaches will sometimes rotate different guys in or whatever, but ultimately if coach Brown doesn't like Tony Mathis going in, he's going to tell that position coach, don't, don't rotate him in, keep Letty in or, you know, whatever the situation may be. He didn't do that at the quarterback spot when clearly we're getting, and I'm not saying we have to, you know, first quarter, second quarter. I'm saying like the game is decided pretty pretty much at halftime. Third quarter, we still just kind of run back out there with what we had. Fourth quarter, we still just kind of run like it wasn't until the last series that we finally decided, you know what? Let's give Deggie a break.
1: Well, don't you think don't you think that when and I I agree with you, Scoot. I was thinking the same thing, but don't you think it's compounded by the fact that orlovsky spends three hours looking like i felt like i was watching uh tony romo during an nfl sunday you know he he's so he's so easily and nothing against orlovsky uh, although my dad it was funny was like asking me who's this guy who do he play for where's like why is he well here? he he's and from a
2: very uh, place that uh produces very smart people football rich connecticut that's right <laughs>
1: Okay. But he spends three hours looking like Tony Romo, easily diagnosing these plays, kind of like I, I saved uh, a couple tweets that from WVU Twitter. You know, people were like, "Wow, you know, ESPN with Orlovsky is just kind of putting putting Deggy on blast right now with these. You know, here's the throws he's not making. Here's Winston right on a slant that's probably gone for six if he just makes the throw. You know, he's just pointing out. You know, when everyone I think on Twitter was just hammering the offensive line and did the offensive line have a bad day sure i I mean i don't think they'd argue with you that they need to protect a little bit better but i also don't think it's fair to them to say that jared daigie needs to have a retaining wall in front of him in order to (laughs) perform you know it's back to the we pointed out last week and the week before that uh the you know wv stats guy on twitter had put a really nice tweet out just detailing like daigie's Like 80% success rate, uh, you know, PFF rating when he's got protection, like 40% or lower when he doesn't. And that's such a chasm in between those two numbers. I think you can hammer on the offensive line if you want, but I think the plays, so scoot to coaching, I would just, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I would counter that. It looked like the plays were there. It, I mean, were, well, they, were they obviously there? Maybe not, but I think enough plays were there. If they're executed correctly, I'm not saying we win, but you're not getting – we didn't even look competitive on
2: offense Saturday. If anything, if we're looking at those two statistics, that 80% – surely had to go down because he was getting some protection but, but to your, but to your
1: point, before you leave that though, to your, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I agree with you because you're saying of those eight sacks, like six, you would think are kind of manufactured on Deggie that didn't you get the impression as we were sitting there watching the game? I mean, you can, you can hammer on the offensive line, but how long is the offensive right. line supposed to hold? I, in-
2: to be honest with you. Yes. Like, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a group effort. It's uh it's a, an issue amongst the entire offense. Cause we could look at offensive line. You could look at the running back who was supposed to block a, you know, an incoming blitzer. You could look at a tight end who was supposed to be doing something or a wide receiver. I mean, there's all, all sorts of people we can blame for not blocking these would be sackers. However, like there were more coaching issues too, where we had a delay of game. Coming out of a – what was it? Coming out of a timeout or something? We had a delay of game because they were watching the play clock and not – or they were watching right. the game clock and not the play clock. Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, what,
1: and how do you and, – And I would just argue too, Guido, like uh, offensive line aside and Oklahoma State's defense aside, the – what am I trying to say? The take chances isn't the right word, but I guess it is kind of taking the, the the willingness to take a few more chances with throws that we saw against Iowa state. I felt like was non-existent this game. Like when you watch, you, you can't watch Iowa state and Jared Deggie willing to throw one into double coverage to Bryce Ford Wheaton in the corner of the end zone in that game. And then sit and watch this game where he's seemingly scared to death to even try to fit one into a slant pattern against Winston Wright, stuff like that. I just was Jared Egey such an enigma. You know, I don't know if something happened early and then he just sort of went in a shell and didn't have confidence or what. But it's it's kind of fascinating to like you know two weeks apart and again i know oklahoma state's defense is tough but you would still think there would be some willingness to try to to try to you know just go after it you don't have anything to lose you're playing the number 11 team just go attack and i just felt like we were anything but attacking
0: and i think that there's a lot there's just a lot to unpack when when we talk about this game and deagy and was oklahoma state a better team than us absolutely i mean to you, we had other than you johnson i mean i and most of everybody else thought west virginia wasn't going to win this game and it's not about winning or losing like I, to be honest with you like i'm okay taking the loss in this game when you're playing a number 11 ranked uh team i just think for me it's it's the overall Look of everything. And it kind of starts with Daigie. I know that, you know, I think that Jarrett Daigie, uh has played quarterback long enough that he should be able to not be spooked, not be pressured when he has a guy running at him. He should know what he has to do. And Orlovsky or, or, said it. Uh, During the game, he's like he 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 looks at one receiver. He gets under pressure. He doesn't look anywhere else. He doesn't do anything else. He gets lost. And I don't think that's you're not you've played this much college football. You've played this much football. Period. You're you're not going to change. That's we're not like he's not going to come out next week and be any different. Last week he played out of his body. Like he played out of his mind last week. It was a very it was probably his best game ever in college. With that said most of what happened good for him were amazing catches by Bryce Ford Whedon. But, you know, so I think where I'm at with all of this now is this season's the season's done, guys. Like, we may get to a bowl. We may beat K-State. We may steal one, two more and get to a bowl. But the season's done. Like, Daigie is it's not the direction we need to head. And I think where I stand on it now is you look at the fact that Daggy actually, because I don't understand the NCAA rules, Daggy has one more year left. You have a quarterback in Garrett Green, where I there's don't, no way
2: he stays. He's gone. There's no way he stays. Well, but
0: even at that, Scooty, like I don't think Garrett Green at this point in the season. I mean, yeah, we want to see him because it's something different to look at. I don't think I don't think the outcome is going to be any different. Seeing I, what I've seen of of Garrett Green, I don't think the outcome's any different. I don't know that we've seen enough though. Here's the thing: like we haven't seen
2: the guy gets a series and that's it. Like he doesn't get a consistent run. Like give him
0: a give him a quarter. But I'll tell you. But I'll tell you this though: I I trust enough in the fact that you know these guys, Neil Brown, Jared Parker, you know everybody on the staff. These are professional college football coaches and they're going to know better than us if a guy's ready to go out there and you can't tell me if if in practice if in something else garrett green was looking better than Daggy, that he's not going to put diggy out there neil brown is here to win he wants to win and we make jokes all Daggy's must got new pictures or something of brown because he just can't get out of the game but there's, you know, there's
2: no one has debunked that theory yet. Well, that, I would that, but I, I would just pump I'm the, just,
1: I would pump the brakes a little bit. I'm gonna ask you guys to both pump the brakes. Guido, Guido, Scoot, Guido is such a roller coaster of emotion from week to week. Down. on the mess. Last Up and down. year he last year. Last week he bought a new set of carabiners and some socks. This week, the season's over. Like he's we well, I just want to give Johnson, you a virtual the- hug and just tell just hold on a second. Okay. Just pump the brakes. Just let me let me remind you. So let's think back when when uh Jake Lance was on with us from smoking musket. We had a great interview with him. And I think if I think back to that conversation, what did we say? We looked at we looked at we looked at TCU, Kansas State, Kansas, and then we had to steal one, right? We all agreed we had to steal one. Scoot made a great point right. the following week that that one to steal was Iowa state. And I think he was right. And I agreed at the time. So if you just scope it into that conversation, I, I don't think this changes anything. Does it feel bad? Yeah, it feels terrible. And, and I agree with you, Guido. It, it, it's such a bad feeling. It feels like it erodes a lot of the good you did the prior two weeks, but I'm just asking you for Mm -hmm. a second to just keep in mind that in the scheme of things, it really doesn't. It really doesn't change anything. You went out and took took care of business against TCU. You stole one against Iowa State. I was thinking we might win this one because, for the love of all things holy, could we just beat Gundy one? Like he Oklahoma State <laughs> is starting to be Oklahoma Scoot. Like we can't beat either. Yeah. Like the whole state of Oklahoma mm-hmm. ticks me off right now. We can't do anything. But anyway, on, on moving forward now. Okay, so like, like I said, just burn the tape. Move forward. There's nothing you can do about this, right? The last three games of the season now, and Jake said it in his article. You've got Kansas State, Kansas, and Texas. So the these three teams. So if 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 I told you that Jared Dagey needs like a retaining wall in front of him to to operate, well, you're going to be able to build a nice big trench against these last three teams. Now Texas has a great offense, but if we if we look at Kansas state is 128th out of 130 teams in their opponents completion percentage. Second worst in the country. Like Jake said, Kansas is Kansas. And then Texas is, is right in there with them. They're, they're really not that much better. So really all three of these games should provide a foundation for Jarrett Daigie to operate in. So I would just ask you to pump the brakes. We can, we, so as much as the state of Oklahoma has been a thorn in our side, the Sunflower State has been a nice, happy place for football, right? And they're still on the schedule. So we can still get to a bowl, and then all three of us should just hope and pray that we run into a team that also sucks against the <laughs> against pressuring the quarterback, and maybe we'll have a good bowl game as well. I don't know. That's my outlook right now.
0: So here's here's my question back to you, Johnson. Now, Scoot, Scoot's going to agree with me on this question. You're going to see him light up here in a second when I say this. Johnson, is there – Is there a little part of you, is there maybe just a little part of you, that kind of hopes that WVU doesn't get to a bowl, maybe gets beat these last three games, and, and then there's a reason for Jarrett Deggie not to come back next season. No,
1: I mean not not really. Now, Scoot and I were talking Saturday that we were hoping something semi-debilitating would happen that would make him sit, maybe like explosive diarrhea or something. I don't want him to be hurt, you know. <laughs> I don't want him to be injured, but just maybe, you know, like uh, there was uh, Scoot a Gordita in Scoot, his throwing hand. Scoot cheesy gordita crunches were getting a lot of play during the game Saturday for some <laughs> yes. reason. You know, maybe he gets into a bad gordita crunch. 24-hour stomach bug that just happens on a Friday night and doesn't end until Sunday maybe that happens and, and maybe he we,
2: gets one of those uh phantom pitching uh you know pitcher DL stints where or like the pitcher's fell in, yeah. fell in the shower or something yeah, he's got like, a strained yeah. uh, intercostal right or something <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> right I don't
1: want him to get injured by any stretch of the imagination but maybe just a little you know something that makes him sit uh, I I don't know that I I don't I don't want to see us do that, though, because I think then, um, I you know, Guido, I, to answer your question, honestly, I think I want to finish strong, and I want to finish, I want to get to a bowl, even if it's a crappy bowl, and win, because I, I
0: want to springboard it into next season. So let me, Scooty, let me ask you this. If Jarrett Daggy wins two of the next three, goes to a bowl game, plays whoever in the bowl game, wins the bowl game, is he our quarterback next season? I think yes. I think yes. Yeah, because he's not going pro. He's not going
2: pro, right? So he'll find some grad class program, something that he hasn't studied yet. The guy's probably got more college credits than the three of us combined. And
1: you're saying that <laughs> like, and, and you're and you're saying that the Daggy family still has the nudie picks, right? Yes. So like Right. He still has that leverage.
2: Right. Listen, if you don't let him come back, we'll, you know, Post them on Twitter at midnight. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, so we talk about uh, the retaining wall. We talk about how we've got uh, this stretch of our schedule that's going to get a little bit better, should be. Guido, tell, tell our listeners, tell Johnson uh, the predicted, um, the line. For, for this game, the what's Vegas saying about this next game against Kansas State?
0: So right now, Kansas State is picked by five and a half points over WVU right now, going into this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what you guys are trying to do to me. I feel like I'm being set up. I'm just trying to be a little bit optimistic. Look, we could easily lose all three of these games. I, I mean, I'm convinced it could go either way. I'm just saying, I'm hoping we can at least salvage what is left. You guys are, I'm now getting the impression you're trying to just, just pull it into a ditch
0: right now. Like, just, just end it. Well, it's, Hold my it's, beer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're baseball guys. So, you know, it's like, you know, tanks. You're for already thinking tank. of next year. Like, just,
2: well, yeah. I, I just, yeah. I think, yes. I was, I softened last week. I softened because if that's what we saw, if that was what we were going to see, what we saw last week, then yes, we are a very uh, winnable team. We are, I don't know if that's what I meant to say. We are a team that can win a lot of games doing what we did the week prior. However, doing what we did this past Saturday is feeling more like what we've been doing in, in general. And I don't know. I don't think it would be a player problem if it weren't for maybe a coaching problem. And now I'm not saying it's time for Neil Brown to to go. I'm not saying that he should be fired. I'm not saying any of that. What I am asking is for him to maybe not be as folksy outside of post-game press conferences because post-game press conferences he's kind of like um I don't know he's like smug and like he knows more than we do and what we saw we you know I don't know and if I'm Mike Joseph who a lot of people were talking up over the weekend how does that make him feel that he's saying that well we weren't strong enough we're not we're not as strong as Oklahoma State so is that a dig at Mike Joseph saying that the strength and conditioning is not uh Equal to other Big Twelve schools?
0: Well, I don't. I don't think he's saying that. I mean, I don't think it's about strength of like physical strength. I think it more is like strength of talent. Uh, you know, Mike Kazaza, who I really do, I love reading his stuff. I listen to his podcast. You know, I love what they do. Uh, he hates when people say this, but uh, if Mike, if you listen, I, which you probably don't, I apologize for saying this. I don't understand why the guys in the room, the media in the room, aren't pressing coach brown more on these issues and i think you know greg hunter who is greg hunter like he's going to ask the same innocuous questions that he always asks why was this person, a this person get, okay
2: innocuous
0: but Man. but i just wish there was and i think there's only like five guys it feels like when they do the post-game press conference with coach brown there's like five guys in the room like give give me credentials which they won't uh you know but I don't understand why. Like we listen, I listened to that whole post game press conference. There was not a question about, you know, what did you think of Daggy's play? What did you think of the offensive play? You know, he said. Oh, yeah. And I understand. Nobody like, says
2: how come? How come you left him in? Why didn't you make a substitution? Why didn't you right. try something? Why aren't you?
0: What was the thought process behind not trying something? Or why aren't you, you when sprinkling
2: you were, in? Like, they haven't asked ever, like, why aren't you sprinkling in Garrett Green like we saw against Oklahoma in that first drive or whatever? Like, that, to me, if they ran stuff like that all the time, people wouldn't be complaining. People would be like, hey, you know what? We're trying some different things. It's kind of what we do. We've got this little mixture. And, and,
0: and in his defense, Johnson, maybe it would allow Neil Brown to give some more answers that would we would find acceptable, I guess, or understand. Like, I feel like right now as fans, as a fan podcast, like, I don't understand – like where why we're so hitched to, to, to the deggy train like- yeah and I think that's why
1: you know we were we were talking back and forth late Saturday I think you get this malaise don't you you get this and I think that's where you, I don't know but I think that's where you guys were going with the prior line of questioning about Deggy maybe being your quarterback next year I think you you start to feel this resignation and I think that's the worst thing as a fan. And I think that's why Scoot hasn't said it, but I feel like that's why he gets upset with, with Neil Brown because you feel like you're watching a coaching staff just resign to say, that's the best we've got. We've explored all options when when we as fans, I don't think, feel like all options have been explored. And that's the best we've got. That's the best we've got, a 24-3 to 3 clunker.
2: Did, let me ask this question. Did Dagey play better or worse last side this past saturday compared to the bowl game which did you feel better about Deggie's play at the bowl game or Deggie's play yesterday
0: i i no i think he played worse i think he played worse yesterday than he did in the bowl game yeah, but he got he, pulled he, at he was playing he was playing he was playing a much better team yesterday sure. than he was sure. playing in the bowl game so that makes a little bit of difference and maybe you give him a little bit more time because of that but i hear what you're saying but i think the problem is and and I don't know why they don't say it or say what it is. There's something about Garrett Green that they don't like. And I don't think it's just Neil Brown. I think it's Neil Brown. I think it's Gerard Parker. I think it's, you know, the offensive <laughs> staff. <laughs> I, did, I did the Gerard thing, by the way. But do you think, Guido, do you think, though, because w-
1: what you started to say earlier led me thinking that, and you went a different direction, so maybe not, but I was, I thought you meant that, Hey, look! You're now, you know, dropping this game in the fashion that you dropped it. Instead of like where I'm, like, well, maybe we can still scrape this together and get into a bowl. Are you starting to say like, no? I want to see Goose Crowder. Like this season's
0: done. Yeah, I think it's that's. I think that's where I am, though, Johnson. I, I mean, maybe I don't know. May I mean, obviously, you want to try to win a game. You want to try to win. But we all went to the the 2019 Oklahoma State game. We, you know, that was really Daggy's first start. You know, everybody was sort of on this whole, hey, you know, we're done with Austin Kendall thing. And, you know, that was the push to try to get. I felt like one, Neil Brown did it then to make us as fans go, "Okay, here we go. We got another guy. He's coming in. I mean, Scoot, you were we, on this podcast in 2019. You were the one calling for. Daigie. I was
2: because I knew Kendall wasn't the guy. Here's the thing that's going to be frustrating, and I'm going to add to what you're saying: is Neil Brown, though, what he'll do is he'll pull up the stat sheet and he'll be like, "Well, Jared Dagey, while we're just now saying, hey, we don't think he's the guy, you know, based on this past game, based on the past you know season, but he'll say, well." He was 15 for 22 this past week. He only had 7 incomplete. Like that's the kind of stuff we're seeing. I don't care if he's got 15 for 22 and 7 incompletions. He got sacked 8 times. Right. Well,
1: like, and I, but I think I think you have to throw this out though. I think you have to throw this out. I think if you come out against Kansas State and you flop again, you know, if you can't run the ball, if he's holding the ball so long that he gets sacked against a defense that we know is not capable, then I think – I don't think it will happen, but then I think – like this game, I I don't really know what to do with this game because the whole team – I mean, other than defense, at one point, Guido said, Well, defense and special teams have played really good. And then on the next play, Guido texts, Well, forget what I said about special yeah, teams.
0: It was Malisevich. Malisevich so muffed that punt. I mean, I, I hear what you guys are saying. I just think that Neil Brown is starting to, and we, we've said this for a couple weeks now, and I feel like every week it's getting, I mean, he had two great weeks. And then now it's going to get back into that he's di- he's he's starting to put himself in a precarious position with the state of West Virginia and the fans and the and the noise that's out there. And I think that he and Scooty, I can't imagine he is not blind to the criticism and he hears what people are saying and that I can't imagine in the offseason season. Jared Daigie, no matter how this season ends, no matter if we go to a bowl or not go in a bowl, I can't imagine Jared Daigie walks into his office in the offseason and says, hey, coach, I think I want to come back for my 12th well, you know, senior year. Uh, uh, you know, I'm ready to play again next year. I can't imagine Neil Brown doesn't do something to deter, deter him from here's, this. Like, here's what's I gonna imagine happen. Neil Brown says, listen, buddy, you know, thanks, but I think we're going to go on to something else. Now,
2: let me, let me forecast a little bit here okay so let's say we go to kansas state which we are the underdog right now going into kansas state Mm -hmm. and let's say that goes poorly yet we keep doing the same things right let's say we lose close maybe it's close we lose uh i don't know 21 to 17 or something okay fast forward to the following week the texas game where everyone should be excited about horns down right yeah and we walk in and Dagey's still the quarterback, and things aren't going well there. He heard boos this past week. What do you think the boos are going to be like at the Texas game? And will you there, be yelling I mean, the, the loudest boos because we'll be there?
0: I, I mean, ex- everybody uh, with our crew that got your ears on crew will be there. Uh, we'll be booing except for you because you're going to be holding the sign that says "Dagey's yeah, my boy." boy. Well, he is Lest, my boy. Lest you forget, he That's is your my boy. boy. Don't. Stop don't yelling you at forget. my boy. <laughs> but it's a weird, gotta...
1: it's a precarious position, isn't it? It's such a weird position be- it because weird. Y- it's funny. Like you guys bring up a good point about the eligibility next year, because it's almost like you're in a position now where your best option is essentially the guy everyone has agreed. They don't want to be the best option because you've not done right. anything. You've not done anything to build up. The next guy, which I know it's hard to do that even, even in, you know, even in other seasons where we've had a senior or someone who might be on the way out as quarterback, it's hard to, to develop that next guy. But from, from our viewpoint, you haven't done anything to, to line up the next guy but if the guy if QB1 comes back next
0: season you're not happy about that either it's a weird position right now it's, it's it's a bad position for him to be in i mean i will say there was a part of me in the fourth quarter that was really hoping that he would like just say hey major come out and throw a couple do <laughs> right. you have any eligibility <laughs> hey. left can you put this jersey on <laughs> uh so yeah guys i don't know it's it it was It was not pretty. I mean, defense looks strong. I mean, Oklahoma State is a good team. Uh, Oddly enough, Scooty, uh, it shows you how bad we are when Oklahoma State only went from 11 to 10 after beating us pretty badly. the The best performance. No weight on our schedule.
2: The best performance that we saw yesterday was a special teams player. Tyler Sumter's punts were pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, no, they and were. And he's acting like Pat McAfee out there now. He's doing the old chips chips he's got, golf, and he's chipping got McAfee, like Pat McAfee, McAfee, tweeting
2: did. about him and stuff. So I mean,
0: he he did really well.
2: At one point though, we got that delay of game and I thought he was going to have to punt from uh, section 230 or something up in the freaking <laughs> upper deck. Like what are we doing? That kind of stuff drives me insane. Like we've had so many goofy like timeouts at the wrong times because we don't have the right people in we've had a lot of like delay of games because we're not paying attention like that kind of stuff that's on the coaching staff yes there are some players but the coaches they're watching this stuff too somebody should be like like if neil brown's not paying attention somebody one of these characters with a headset should be like hey coach call time out we're running out of time time out time out time out you know like something <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Well, the interesting thing to me now is, you know, we're all banking on, you know, and I said it a few minutes ago, we're all banking on winning the state of Kansas. Right. So if we roll in here to Manhattan into Bill Snyder family restroom scoot and we don't get a win like we think we should. Mm -hmm. Will there be anyone at the Texas game? Like, will there be any kind of other than the three of us? Will there be anyone there? I, I don't know. It's going to be a bad scene. Don't you agree?
2: Uh, I uh, definitely agree. The only, I think the only driving factor, well, some of the driving factor will be uh, the people wanting to do the horns down. I think that mm. will motivate some folks to go. And I think it's what true blue, I think is the, the theme for the day for the game. But it's
1: just funny to me that you're in a position now where you're expecting a win just to maintain the poor attitude we're at. You know what I mean? Right. Like winning, right. winning doesn't make you go, okay, I'm fired up. now. winning is like, oh, okay, I guess I'm still kind of engaged. You know, it's, it's just a weird position that we're in. Well, right
2: now. let's say we get to a bowl. What kind of bowl are we going to? Like, yeah, I know. like what the are we for Brady? Nah, bowl? That's too good of the, a bowl. I think, I think we're going <laughs> to like the, uh,
0: the old spice, the, the
2: glott felty tire. Uh, I don't know. We're going to some kind of cheese it bowl maybe or something.
0: I mean, I'd take the yeah, cheese. I love bowl. cheeses. I,
2: mean, I like cheeses too. Cheese
0: bowl. I mean, we fell off the per uh, bowl predictions uh, this week uh, after 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 our loss. Um, yeah, I don't know, guys. It's it'll be interesting. I mean, congratulations though to Dante Stills, who uh, you know, there might be a little bit of an argument now at home whose whose interception was better, Dante or Darius's. I mean, Darius's interception last year was pretty. Yeah, good. They're both fairly similar style interceptions. if yeah, you think about it. Yeah. I mean, Darius kind of laid out for his, But, though. I mean, like, to, Dante, to, Dante, to Dante,
1: bat it and get the interception is pretty epic.
0: I yeah, mean, I know. I know. I mean, those guys, uh, those, those Stills boys, they can uh, have some good interceptions. Well, West Virginia travels to Manhattan and plays a noon kick on Fox Sports 1 on Saturday. Uh their dogs, five and a half underdogs for the game, a 48 over under on that game. So... A well, really low over under. Not not a lot of scoring expected there, considering West Virginia only kicked the ball through the field goal this last time and didn't even get near an end zone. So uh but we need this win, guys. We need this win to have a chance to to go to a bowl game. Yeah, zone. we're gonna need to average more than a point per quarter, I think, next game. That's gonna yes. yeah.
1: that's gonna be a deciding factor. Less than, less than yes. it was like
0: point yeah, I mean you're the math guy. I yeah. mean I would pull that spreadsheet out, but I think it's point eight seven. I quarter. Think we're gonna need more than that. Scoot. We also need to average more than the 2.5 yards on first down that we averaged yeah, that, that against may help. Oklahoma right. State. That may help. Stats have to look better in this game. Well, listen, guys, let's take a break. We're going to come back and talk about WVU basketball. Regular season kicks off this week. We're going to give you some preseason predictions, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company, specializing in high-quality steel, fast opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VorTechKnives.com today and use the code GYEO, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's VorTech V-O-R-T-E-K Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company. Specializing in fast opening, high quality, everyday carry knives, Vortec knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here, along with Scoot. And, Johnson, and hey, listen, don't forget, check us out online. You can find us on the social medias. Look for us on Instagram, on Twitter, at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. Guys, basketball regular season starts this week. I'm super excited, ready for basketball, especially the, with the direction that football took this past week. And I'm ready for basketball to sort of ramp up. Two games coming this week against Oakland University and the Backyard Brawl against Pitt. What we're gonna to do today, guys, is a couple of our preseason predictions for the team this year. I'm feeling confident about this team. Scoot doesn't feel confident about anything, and Johnson, you know, he's become the—he's the middle of the road guy now.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm like not. I, I'm feeling. I'm feeling
2: solid, though, Scoot. You're. You're. You're still sort of. No, no. I'm. I'm. After watching the ex, the was it an exhibition? I guess uh, yeah. Over, an a yeah. Yep, against the Zips, um, yeah. I feel better about the team. I do now. I will say though, with a, a caveat, that I feel good about the team as long as Taz Sherman is healthy. If Taz Sherman is not healthy, I have some grave concerns. But he seems to be uh, the glue, the the guy that seems to be uh, piloting the ship. I guess. Yeah. Um, and i i feel I feel pretty good about the team. Um, so we'll just have to see how okay. it goes, though. I, I think. We should beat Oakland, which oddly enough, where my brother went to school. Um, I don't think he has any yeah. knowledge of the team. And uh, then we play Pitt, so that'll be Pitt will be the true measuring stick here at least early on just to see where we're at.
0: Well, listen, guys, what I did for us this week is I kind of broke down five predictions that we're going to make, You know, kind of like we did with the, with the football. Johnson's going to kind of keep track of them through the season on the website so that we can go back and look at him and see who's wrong, who's right, and who's smart. First one uh is I think probably the easiest of all of them, which is who is going to lead the team in scoring this year. So we're coming off of last season, you know, obviously Deuce McBride, 460 points for the team in 2020, 2021, led the season. Derek Culver actually second, even even though he had a kind of a rough season uh leading the team, both of those guys are gone, all all new and some old faces this year. You got JB. You got Taz. You got you got Sean McNeil, who leads the team this year in points. I'm gonna go first, and uh, I'm gonna take Taz. Taz finished third last season. He looked great in the Akron game. Obviously, led points in the Akron game. I feel like if Taz is shooting, if Taz is being Taz, he's the leader of this team. He's he's the new Deuce McBride. What do you think, Scooty?
2: I, I definitely think that uh, Taz is gonna lead the team in scoring. I think uh, he average what 12.5 is that right last year 13.4 13.4 13.4 yeah. yeah i think i think we can see that get a little bit closer to 20 this year um and i would say that he probably uh is in the top i'm going to say top 10 in the conference in scoring for sure maybe top 5
0: yeah and i mean you know we heard it we heard it in the akron game when fran franchilla came in and was talking about how taz could be all big 12 this year so uh, definitely true. What do you think, uh, Johnson? Well, I think Taz gets the nod from
1: me, too. Just It just feels like it's going to be Taz's team, like we said last week. I think you can tell the offense tends to run through him already, even in that exhibition. I don't see that changing anytime soon. I, I think it's interesting to think about who might push him for that, Um, and I think like you said, Guido, normally you'd have maybe someone under the basket. I would lean toward Isaiah Cottrell, but the problem, not the problem, but I think the challenge for me when I think about Isaiah Cottrell is I'm not sure he's going to stay under the basket a whole lot. (laughs) I feel like he likes to be on the perimeter just as much. So I I think it's going to be interesting. Um, Taz seems like he can create his own shots too. Um, so yeah, I think he gets the nod from me too.
0: Yeah, and I imagine with them switching to this such a guard-heavy team that it's changed the offensive schemes a little bit, and there's going to be more opportunity for outside shooting and and less for you know the guys in the in, in the paint. So uh, you know, I think it's obvious to pick. I, I mean, I think J.B. has a chance to to take that from Taz. I think if he's hitting shots and he's playing well, but he's so hit or miss, you know, he's, he's too streaky, he's consistent. Yeah. Yeah, Taz can can be very consistent. He was last season. Um, it'll just be interesting because most of that last year for Taz was as the sixth man, and this year it's going to be more as kind of the leader, the number one coming out. All right, so this next one, Scooty, you wanted me to call it this way, but it's going to be who goes into the Jordan McCabe doghouse first for hugs this season. I'll let Johnson go first this time.
1: I feel like, uh, Kedrian Johnson could be a candidate to just lock this down, honestly, because I think there's a lot of pressure on, uh, like we said last week, I don't, I think Taz is going to gobble minutes up. I don't think he hardly ever comes out of the game, but when he does, and someone has to fill that spot, usually, you know, I, and I think he's going to be running the point a lot, or at least I get that impression. Um, so I would debate maybe Malik Curry or Kedrian Johnson, but I feel like it puts more pressure on someone like Kedrian Johnson to come in give quality minutes, do exactly what hugs wants, limit the mistakes. So if he can't do that, I think, I think he becomes, unfortunately for him, a really good candidate for this scoot.
2: I, uh, I agree with Johnson a hundred percent. Kedrian Johnson is very erratic, especially on the offensive end. I've not seen a lot of super positive things consistently from him on the offensive end i think he's a good defender uh he's quick but he does some crazy stuff he like loses his mind so i think uh he will be very quickly put in the jordan mccabe doghouse uh hopefully not game one but could be by friday he could be seeing some some minutes in that doghouse Scoot,
0: scoots going early into the doghouse i mean i who was it last year i mean would you say oscar was in the doghouse i mean obviously jordan was in the doghouse oscar
2: got in the doghouse some because there would be games where you'd think okay why well, I, I would even say uh, at times uh, toward the end of the season maybe Derek culver because there's you know crucial moments in the game and we've got gabe no offense to gabe but gabe's in the game and you're not turning to Derek culver like he was a double double machine so um, I would say, uh, Jordan for sure, but, uh, there were a couple other guys and there will be some other guys as well this year.
0: I, I'm going to go, I'm going to actually go different from you guys. I'm going to say Malik Curry is going to be the guy who gets in the doghouse this season. I think that, you know, he's coming in, there's been a lot of hype about him being the point guard and the number one. And, you know, and if you listen to a lot of the talking heads, they talk about how this team's going to rely on him a lot. And I think that. Huggins doesn't like when guys, you know, start to get a big head about them and want to take control more than they need to. So I see a lot of like Malik getting pulled out of the game and getting yelled at by Huggins, you know, next to him on the stool uh, this season. So I'll I'll go Malik Curry uh, just to be different, I guess, too, because I don't disagree with you on the Kedrian Johnson thing. I think you're (laughs) also correct on that one. All right. Here's the big one, guys. How many wins, total wins, will WVU have this season. Now, you got to remember, last season, shortened season, little, little different, you know, but it was a good WVU team. So 19 wins last season. But we went in, we f- we finished third in the Big 12. We were 13th in the AP poll and at the end of the season, we had, what were we, number three seed in the playoffs. So it was a different team. Uh, but 19 wins last year. I, you know, previous to that, we saw a 21-win season in 2019, 2020. Um, then we had that not-so-great 15-win season in 18 and 19. I'm going to go first, guys, and I'm actually going to say that we are 19 wins again this season, but that's playing probably five or six more games than we played last season. So 19 wins for WVU uh finishing the season this year, Scooty. Where are you at on this one? I'm actually gonna go higher than that.
2: I'm gonna go with uh twenty-one wins. I feel twenty-one uh is a good number. All right. Johnson? Uh Guido, I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go nineteen
1: as well, but that's because I think in the early so in the in the pre conference play part of the season, there's a lot of bad Guido. There's a lot of mm-hmm. um winnable games i mean oakland pitts not elon yeah pitts nothing to 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 really write home about elon you got bellarmine on their scoot (laughs) you've got radford eastern kentucky um uab youngstown state so anyway there's a lot of there's a lot of wins there um i don't i don't know you know i think the teams in the uh in the charleston um tournament that we're going to be heading to are, are, are way more capable the most capable teams we'll see in the preseason i i actually think we could stand to unfortunately not fare as well there because those teams look really strong but i think we can come out with 10 maybe 11 i'm going to say 10 wins because we always have a habit of losing one of those games we're not supposed to Um, and then I think when you get into conference play, you know, we talked about it on the, on the show last week in our, in our pre or not last week, but with Brent, when he was on for our preview, you know, WVU was picked fifth, um, you know, technically fifth or sixth, depending on how you look at it tied with Oklahoma state right in the middle of that pack. Um, Oklahoma state now, unfortunately probably doesn't have a whole lot of stuff to play for with, with their NCAA ruling, but I think. I think based on that, that kind of feels like how that conference is gonna go. I'm thinking we probably go nine and nine in the conference games too. So I, I'm coming out I'm I'm gonna go
0: nineteen. I think I think that's probably right where we are. Yeah, that preseason schedule, that non conference schedule is pretty weak this year. I mean, UConn is the only team that's ranked right now twenty four. And I feel like sometimes UConn gets ranked just out of I don't know respect to the program or whatever. I don't, I don't even think it's that great of a UConn team. Uh, and you're right. The, the the biggest show for us here early on is going to be how they play in the Charleston Classic the weekend the next not not this coming weekend but next weekend. Uh, you know to to see how this team really is going to face up against some you know real talent. So all right, so we're all about the same there too. So all right, here's the next one. What will be the highest? What will be the highest WVU will be ranked in the AP poll? this year. So, you know, like Johnson said, I think they're going to look pretty good this first half and be 10 and 2 going into the non-conference games or or 9 and 3 maybe. What, you know, where does that put us ranked cuz we're going to be ranked at that point I think and so, you know, I mean, you I guess you could also say that they won't get ranked at all. Uh we finished the season in 3rd, but we got no votes going into uh, into this year. So, uh, Johnson, I'll let you go first. What do you think that number is? What's the highest WV will be ranked? Yeah,
1: I is? don't I don't think it's a terrible thing, but I don't see them being ranked. Honestly. I, I see them kind of in a also receiving votes type of thing. I think depending on so Guido, to your point, if you're if you're ten and two, nine and three in the non-conference and you're in your program like West Virginia, you're probably gonna you're you're probably gonna raise some eyebrows, but I think it's all gonna depend on how we fare in that Charleston tournament. I think hugs has a track record of kind of taking teams into preseason tournaments and using those as springboards you know getting the guys to gel and get together and then have something have something good come out of that I just I'm not I don't I'm excited for the season I just think it's a lot of moving parts and it's going to be hard to do that this year and I, I think they're going to be kind of hovering around that
2: that also receiving votes territory okay. Scooty what do you think I think um, I'm, I'm higher on this team than you guys are I think uh, I think we'll at least see uh 15
0: 15 I All think. All right, at 15 at least. A 15. You think you think that's early? You think that's before non-conference or you think that's during conference? I think play? that's
2: uh maybe January we start to Okay. that might be you know after a bunch of the non-conference and then um early on I think if we if we can develop this uh five out offense or this 4-1 you know, kind of offense that we're going to have to run. I think we're going to score a lot of points. I think we're going to catch a lot of teams, not off guard, but I think we're going to score a lot of points. And I think what you're going to find is while Huggs teams have always been rebound heavy, we're going to get away from that, I think, to an extent. And I mean, I think our guards are going to rebound well but um, for guards. But I think we're going to score a lot of points, and we're going to – some of those games that we might – have struggled with in the past we're not going to struggle with as much just because we can score like I think we can score
0: I I, uh, I'm with you Scoot I'm not quite as high on this team as you are but I'm with you that I think going into the Texas game I think after maybe faring okay in this conference or this uh this preseason tournament beating a possibly ranked Connecticut team here early on I think West Virginia shows up against Texas on January 1st ranked 20th Uh, but I think that might be the highest it goes. So I'm going to say they get to 20th and then they get into the buzzsaw that is the Big 12 Conference and uh, they kind of have a hard time from that point point bounce that in and out of those 20 spots. All right, so next one is... What will WVU, if if at all, you can say they won't be, but what, I don't want to say what they're going to be in the NIT, so I won't I won't be the one who says it. Uh, what will WVU's seed be in the 2022 NCAA tournament? I'll go first, guys. I think that you know, even though we may not be ranked going into it, or I don't think we'll be ranked going into it. I think maybe Johnson's right. A nine and nine, an eight and ten, uh, Big Twelve season gets you like a nine rank in the in the tournament if you're finished 5th in the Big 12 you're probably you know right around 8 or 9 so i'll say 9 in the tournament this year what do you think uh johnson yeah i i was
1: thinking 8 before you started to to talk there i think if you're hovering hovering around like ranked you know 24 25 also receiving votes like i think we're going to be i i think you're probably and you hold your own in What's arguably I think I saw something recently where most people, you know, the Fran Freshillas and the folks that, that weigh in think the Big Ten is probably the strongest conference, but they, they think there's, you know, very small margin between the Big Ten and the Big Twelve fighting for who's the strongest basketball conference. I think if you hold your own eight and ten, nine and nine in conference, then then you're in and and I think you're probably somewhere between a seven and a nine. I'm gonna go with an eight.
2: Scooty, what do you got? I'm gonna say a seven since I've kind of been thinking that they're going to do better than you guys have thought. So I'm going to say a seven.
0: All right. All right. I'll take it. All right. Last question, guys, probably the most important one, in my opinion, will Bob Huggins be elected to the basketball hall of fame during this season? So will this, this cycle around, will he get into the hall of fame? Frame for Shilla said to, uh, to Tony Creedy's son to Andrew is Andrew, right? Frame for Sheila said to Andrew Creedy that, you know, if, if, he doesn't get elected that he's gonna like have a rally and march against the Hall of Fame in Springfield. I'll be there. It's not that far from my house. Uh, I think though, guys, I hate to say this. I think the answer is no. I think Bob Huggins does not get into the Basketball Hall of Fame this season. I just think that there's something about it. They they don't uh, it, the not the ha- not having won a championship, and even though he's got all the wins, I think that if he'd had the championship, he'd be in by now. But. They're going to wait until he's out of basketball before they put him in because of that. What do you think, uh, Scoot?
2: I agree. I don't think he gets in. Uh, unfortunately, I th- I hope it's not posthumous that he ends up getting put in, which would be sad. Like, uh, was it Eddie? humus. That's not that what you say? Isn't that how you say it? Po- you mean posthumous <laughs>
0: posthumous i think that's not
2: it's not it's two words man. i've
1: never heard someone say posthumous i've never <laughs> heard that in my life posthumously i've never heard nobody says i've that. never heard posthumous. yes everybody everyone says, says posthumous. i've never heard anyone
2: say the word Ever, I've
1: never ever heard posthumous. I think you're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable there, Scoot.
2: It's Latin, fellas. It's Latin.
1: I don't doubt that it is. It's also a weird way to
0: say it, what you're doing there. (laughs) <laughs> uh, all right so scooty says scooty says he he thinks huggins does not get in uh Man. and, and hopes that it's posthumous uh, i don't hope that it is johnson. but it's a very good chance right, that no. it could be things that are, yeah right <laughs> right i hope johnson, he gets it in after he uh, passes away great no i didn't say that <laughs> johnson where are you I, i'm
2: going
1: this? no as well but i think part of that too is once huggins um one time Hugs said he was quoted as saying that he didn't want to go in until after he had retired. And I think I I don't think that's why he's not in, but I just think all those factors put together, I think he'll be he'll be post the not what Scoot said, the he'll be post the WVU program tenure.
2: Why don't you um, say post? He'll be post the W V. Like you people like to say
1: post He'll be post. What does that even mean? <laughs> you pasta? What are we talking about? <laughs> like he'll he'll be, you know, it'll be it'll be after he's retired that I think they will finally do the right thing. I mean, I'm with you, Guido. He should already be there. Like this feels very like, I don't know, obstinate on their part, you know, like, I don't know why he's not already in. So anyway, I I think, no, I, I don't have reason to believe he'll get in this
0: year. I hope so, but I think, no, I think that you'll have – we've had the last, what, two seasons where people have been, you know, come January and into into March. They are just ta- – all they do is talk about, will Huggins get in? He'll get listed as a finalist again, and then it won't happen, and it just helps excite the media a little
2: Getting bit. Getting listed as a finalist is kind of a kick in the chops. Like, just don't even list him as a finalist. Like, I mean, if you're not going to – if he has no chance, then why? Right. Like, why? why? Why do you have to have – like, let me ask this question. Do you have to have finalists? Can you not just say, hey, these I are mean, the three people that are getting put in, or these are the two? Like, you don't need to. Like, that's stupid. Because they already have an listen, idea.
0: Jared Daigie better put his number in now if he wants it to be retired in uh, 45 years at WVU. So, Well, according to Neil Brown, he's got great stats for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyways, so those are our picks for WVU basketball this season. Johnson will track those. Make sure you keep an eye out for them online. Hey, listen, so two games this week. When, uh, Tuesday night, opener, home opener in uh, in Morgantown at the Coliseum against the Oakland Golden Grizzlies, Scooty. Golden Grizzlies. Scoot, didn't you have a nickname for a Golden Bear I feel like you could uh, lay that out right now, right? You could. You yeah, could. That
2: was uh, Oso del Oro.
0: Right. Yes. So the Golden Grizzlies been coached by Greg Camp since 1984. They've had the same coach. He's won 644 games there. He
2: will also not get into the Hall of Fame because nobody knows of him.
0: Nobody knows who he is. Uh, you know, so they're from the Horizon League, D1, Ho- Horizon League school right there. Uh, he's the third longest tenured coach in NCAA. Uh, basketball right now d1 basketball he's only behind he's got to
2: be behind Krzyzewski and Behan. yeah
0: that's it he's the yeah he's the third longest tenured coach at a school so poor guy I mean but we should know about this guy I know nobody it's it's he's Oakland University in Michigan so they do well they have a good yeah it's a good program he's got I I wonder if my brother's ever met him uh, I don't know I mean I can't imagine it's that big of a campus probably they probably see each other all the time uh and then big game Friday in Morgantown. The Backyard Brawl is back after being canceled last season. Last season we were supposed to play in November against Pitt for the Backyard Brawl game, but that was canceled due to COVID. We're back. WVU has won the last four games, including the last time we played in 2019. We won 68-53. to 53. Pitt was 10-12 and 12 last season, and uh, Jeff Capel, he's... He's turned the program around. They're starting to get a little bit better, Johnson. I mean, that they're they're not great yet. They're not back, but it's you know, it's you know, they, they listen, he's uh he's no Jamie Dixon. I have to well mean. that he's not, right? Thank thankfully for him, he's not. <laughs> Thank um, God. I think Scoot though,
1: Pitt <laughs> lost a little bit of talent from last season. I think they uh they had the Champagny kid, right? I think decided to go pro Sorry, he's what? he's not back. Right. I think so. So I I think I just don't really. Ex- I know we'll be up for that. I mean, I'm excited for it. I still love playing Pitt, but I don't really think I expect us to win that. I don't think they're going to be much to to speak of. Myself.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, they recently lost one of their guards, uh, Horton, uh, after having an aggravated assault for hitting a police officer in Pittsburgh. Probably shouldn't do so that. So that's
1: so their season starting off uh, on on the right foot. It sounds like.
0: Yeah, so well, the the, uh, the the University of Pittsburgh Department of Athletics is aware of the report, um, but is waiting to decide what to do. So uh, Pitt opens their regular season this week too on uh, Tuesday against the Citadel. So we'll we'll see what happens as well. Well, listen, guys, we're gonna take uh, one more break and come back with everybody's favorite game show, the number one game show on any West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a game we like to call Bluff the Fluff. So don't go anywhere you're listening to Got Your Ears On.
2: Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25T-O-B-R-A-D-I-O for Cobb Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives.
0: everybody welcome back to got your ears on Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson and hey listen don't forget check out our website gotyourearson.com Johnson it's sort of the hub of everything about us it is our hub we uh post the show Every week in
1: blog form with all of our show notes and links included. You can check that out. There's a link to the merch store if you want to click through and get your uh, Pullover Guy shirt to wear for this basketball season. And you can also hit the tune in link in the sidebar and listen to the latest
0: show. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. Gotyourearson.com. Well, listen, guys, our buddy Cloney, he's back at it this week, writing us a nice bluff the fluff here. Scooty, you pulled out an amazing win last week to take the lead back. That's right. Felt good. Felt good. Got it on that uh, that bonus, whatever that tiebreaker bluff. And uh, this week, Cloney, he, he's stepping his game up every week. I feel like. I feel like he's testing you guys. You know, wants to know the the knowledge. The, the you know, he's much more. Less West Virginia, so that kind of hurts Johnson a little bit. He's much more like pop culture, which is good for Scooty. Oh, yeah. Well, I, but I, I mean, like... the last week was a
1: challenge with prices, right? Come on. That was like professional-level Bluff the Fluffs, I feel like. I feel like Scoot beat me in the Showcase Showdown, literally. That's right.
2: <laughs>
0: literally. Well, this week, it's pretty good, guys. It is all about sports movies. Movies okay. that are about sports. So we'll see. I saw the eye do. roll This is, This is
1: bad for me because Scoot's like a movie
0: savant to begin with. So. <laughs> Scoot's feeling good right now about about winning this one. All right. Well, listen, guys, as always, a correct answer is worth five points, and inc- uh, steal is worth 10 points, and Final Bluff is worth 25 points. Before we started, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin, and Scooty, you get to go first this week. Feels good. Two in a row. All right. Here we go. Here we go. First question, Scooty, is to you about sports movies. What was the name of the Notre Dame coach who put Rudy into the game against Georgia Tech, the final game of the season, his senior um, year? Was it Lou Holtz, Ara Parseghian, Jerry Faust, or Dan Devine? I'm going to go with Ara Parsegian. <laughs> Sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson for 10 points in the steal. Lou Holtz, Jerry Faust, or Dan Devine? Man,
1: I I don't know why I don't know this off the, just right off the jump, but uh, I'm going to have to pick between C and D. I'm going to go
0: with Dan Devine. That's correct for 10 points and the steal. Dan Devine was the head coach of Notre Dame who put Rudy in. All right. Congratulations, Johnson. 10 points to get started here. Take a commanding lead over Scoot to start it off. And this next question is back to you. At $309 million, it makes this the highest grossing football movie of all time. All right. Which one of these football movies was the highest grossing of all time? Was it? Jerry Maguire, The Blind Side, The Longest Yard, or The Water Boy? Oh man, this is tough, tough, tough. Um
1: well I scoot, I think Sandra Bullock is a delight. So I'm gonna go with the <laughs> blind side. <laughs>
0: That's correct for five points. Well, I think she transcends
1: think like the stereotypical, you know, viewership. I think I think she's able to do that. I think she's your
0: celeb crush. I mean, who had Sandra Bullock is a delight in our like got your ears on bingo for tonight? Like um that's a good one. All right, Johnson. Well, congratulations. Correct answer gives you five points. So now you have a lead of fifteen to nothing against Scooty and Scooty. This next question is back to you. In 1992, Steven Spielberg used this as his inspiration to start the process of making 1994's cult classic, the little giants. Was it a story from Robin Williams about his days of playing pop Warner football while on the set of hook, a commercial that aired in 1992 during the night Buffalo bills, Washington Redskins, now Washington football team, Super Bowl, a car ride shared with Harrison Ford to discuss the prequel to the 1978 movie Heaven Can Wait, or the box office returns of the movie Air Bud, Golden Receiver. Which one of those things inspired him to do, Little Giants? I feel like it was the, the car conversation with Harrison Ford. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's incorrect, uh, Johnson. For 10 points in the deal, was it about Robin Williams' days as a Pop Warner, the commercial from the 92 Super Bowl, or the box office returns of Airbud? Bud? Uh, I think it's maybe Robin Williams, Guido. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It was based on a commercial or was inspired by a commercial of kids playing football in the 1992 Buffalo Bills-Washington Redskins Super Bowl game.
1: The last time I actually got to root for anything as a Washington football team fan, Scoop. It's been a long time. Johnson, do you want them
0: to stay the Washington football team? Is that like the name you wish they, they would keep? No,
1: I'd like to see them go with something really cool, but I'm sure they'll be, you know, like the stink bugs
0: <laughs> or something.
1: I don't, you know, they'll pick something ridiculous.
0: But. I mean, Washington football team is kind of ridiculous. So. Why is it taking them so long? To, they, I don't know. They can't come up with a name. To name um. a team.
2: Like, come on. It's going to be like Red Wolves or something. It's going to be Red something. Like, Pick a word that comes after red and go with it. I mean, you could probably put any word after you could red, go like red storm. Go
1: or for I it. mean, they could be like <laughs> Cleveland and pick a word that ends in ians and just
0: like and, hear that round and steal it from another organization. <laughs> right? Yes, and they get sued for it. Yes. All right, here you go. Uh, this next question is back to you, Johnson. You still have a fifteen to nothing lead. In the nineteen seventy six mega hit Rocky, played Rocky was played by Sylvester Stallone, who bought two turtles. From Adrian's pet store. What were the names of those turtles? Was it Boo Boo and Bebop? Was it Cuff and Link? Frank and Sammy, or Stick and Move? Oh man,
1: ah, this is tough. I want to go Stick
0: and Move, but I, th- I think it's uh, I think it's Frank and Sammy, Scoot. I'm gonna go Frank and Sammy. <coughs> I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Scooty, for 10 points and the steal, what is it? I think it's uh, Bebop and Boo Boo. That's also incorrect. (laughs) I am proud that I actually could have answered this one. This is one I think I would have actually gotten right. It was Cuff and Link. I remember that. Rocky's a great movie. Cuff and Link. Nobody gets any points on that one.
2: Hey, Bebop, Boo Boo. Hey, Bebop, (laughs) Boo Boo. Come on, <laughs> eat your lettuce. Come on.
0: Scooty, I think you have to answer the next, uh, the rest of the questions in your Sylvester Stallone voice. Uh, all right, so nobody scores any points again. Johnson, you still have a lead 15 to nothing. And, Scooty, this next one is back to you. All right. There were four teams depicted in the 1992 hit A League of Their Own. Which one of them was not one of the original four AAGPBL baseball teams? All right which one was not one of the original four? Was it the Rockford Peaches, the Racine Bells, the Joliet Juleps, or the South Bend Blue Socks?
2: Oh, um, I feel like it was the South Bend Blue Socks. I'm sorry,
0: that's incorrect. Johnson, what the heck is wrong with Cloney? Who comes <laughs> up with these questions? <laughs> This is you were excited about this to start with, and uh, now are now extreme. you're mad at the boy. These are extreme. I mean, it's all over uh, the place. <laughs> Johnson, was it the peaches, the bells, or the juleps? I'm gonna say it was the Juliet Juleps, Guido. That's correct. For ten points, it was the Juliet Juleps. They were not one of the original four AAGPBL teams uh, from the All American Girls. Professional Baseball League. All right, Johnson, twenty-five points. You have the lead. And this final bluff question goes to you. And I gotta be honest with you. When I read this question, uh, prepping for tonight's show, I thought, man, Johnson is gonna get this question right. There's no way Johnson. So this
1: question is the right. question pre final bluff.
0: That's correct. All right, I mean, you could put it away right, right here. You could put it away. Right no here. pressure. In 1996's Space Jam, what was the name of the outer space amusement park? That set out to capture Bugs Bunny and his cartoon pals to be used as an attraction from a, fa- from a failing alien theme park. Was it Magic stardom, Moron Mountain, Monstar Planet Adventure, or Monsterland? Oh, why can't I remember this? <laughs> I think I think it's Monstar Planet Adventure. <laughs> I'm sorry, that that's incorrect. That's incorrect. Uh, Scooty, for 10 points and the steal, was it Magic Stardom, Moron Mountain, or Monsterland? I'm going to go with Monsterland. <laughs> sorry, that's incorrect. It was Moron Mountain. Moron Mountain was the correct answer. Johnson, I figured, because you have that giant Space Jam poster behind you on your wall that you would have known... The great, the uh, yeah. Answer. I don't. I've actually never seen Space Jam, neither have I.
1: I've only seen, well, I've I mean, I've seen only Space seen jam. bits and pieces. I've never like actually sat down and watched the whole thing. I'm just gonna be honest. Think it would be
0: Space Jam, would be your, be your jam. All right, well, listen uh 25 to nothing. Johnson has the lead. This just is what happened last time, very reminiscent of last time. Happened week. last time, very, buckle reminiscent. up. So, so we're going into final bluff here. Twenty-five points is what final bluff is worth. We can tie it up here, Scooty. So, Scooty, you can only uh, you can only answer
1: these in Sylvester Stallone's voice. <laughs> uh,
0: so as we always do for final bluff, we have you guys have your own buzzers to buzz in. And Scooty, what's your buzzer this week? Beep and boo boo. All right. <laughs> All right. I like it, uh, Johnson. What do you got for a buzzer this week, Orlovsky? All right. All right, here we go. Final Bluff, guys. 25 points to the right person who gets the right answer. In the 2004 sports film Miracle, what was the final score of the USA versus Soviet Union Miracle on Ice game? Was it 2-1, 3-2, 4-3, or 5-4? Be bop boo-boo. All right, Scooty, for 25 points and tie it up. I think it was... Uh... Three to two. Sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, I'll let you have an answer here just so you can put the points on the board. Was it two to one, four to three, or five to four? I think it was two to one, wasn't it? Sorry, that's also incorrect. It was four to three. Four to three. Who cares? I win. <laughs> congratulations
1: johnson on the win you you held held um, off scooty i might walk into the texas game with my own sign that says cloney is my boy
2: (laughs) i would like
0: that i like it so johnson you tie it back up only a few weeks left for you guys so i mean it's coming down to the wire Yeah, back down to zero. You guys did this last year, you know, just keeping it tight, keeping it tight all the way down to the end. So uh, congratulations there, Johnson, on the win over Scooty. Well, listen, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. A lot of WVU action for you to catch this week, including two basketball games, one Tuesday night and one Friday. Those are on ESPN. One's on ESPN Plus. The other one's on regular. No, I think they're both on ESPN Plus, actually, now that I look at it. So, Uh, Get your your nickels out to watch that game. They play Oakland University on Tuesday night at the Coliseum, and Friday is the backyard brawl against Pitt. Of course, WVU travels to Manhattan, Kansas on Saturday to play K-State. That's a noon kick on Fox Sports 1, so check that out. We'll be back next week with another show, guys, so thanks for listening. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.